0: Welcome to Blue State Conversations. This is our place to discuss the political theory from all sides, bridging the political divides that split our society. Good afternoon. It's Will Matthew with a special guest, Mr. Simple, and here's today's opening problem. Every few months, the nation is consumed with the argument of murderers versus human rights, gun grabbers versus gun enthusiasts, and unnecessary versus needed. Firearms are one of the most restricted freedoms in the Constitution, but even more regulation is being considered. Unhelpful discussions such as, quote, private nukes or, quote, no one is coming for your guns, just most of them. These questions are the cloud at the center of the discussion. Do we need restrictions? Are some helpful? How do we keep criminals from getting their hands on them? Is self-defense even relevant? The questions are numerous, but the answers seem to be short. And here's the question of the show. Is a well-regulated militia necessary? Matthew, would you like to discuss with our guest?
1: I would, I'd love to introduce him. First, I just want to say a good morning, Sunday morning to all of the listeners, if anybody remembers Nancy Pelosi's famous quote. But today I'd like to introduce who we have on to help us answer the question of the show. He is a self-described ambassador. He introduces friends, family, and connections of both to the ownership, maintenance, care, storage, and just general self-defense of firearms. He's been in firearms uh, since he was 11 years old on his paper route, and he's been introducing people to them for 10 years. He is a hunter, a target shooter, and personal self-defense. He also has 13 and a half years in security. So I would like to welcome Mr. Simple.
2: Hello, I'm Mr. Simple and i just want to clarify i was on a paper route i was not shooting
1: <laughs> <laughs> just in case just it's, in case there's a it's minor needed to be there. clarified apparently the old paper routes were dangerous yeah i have a background
2: in, in the security industry i've got 13 and a half years previous experience multiple other experiences i have also worked with the Church security issues, lightly, but I also strongly advocate for a well-educated, armed person. Let me put a disclaimer real quick. (laughs) You may or may not like my opinion. It is an opinion. Of course. Okay? If your listeners disagree, I fully respect that. I'm just coming from years of observation and contemplation on owning a firearm.
1: Yeah, so I think that just brings us to the first question, which I know I have friends, you know, younger friends, and this is the question that they have. Why would someone choose a firearm?
2: And my question back to you is, what were the op- options?
0: <laughs>
1: what were the well, other options?
2: For, what were yeah, the other what options? What were the other options?
1: So I know you've described yourself in the past when we've talked before as a uh, Pragmatic pacifist,
2: a frustrated pragmatic. <laughs> That's correct. Pacifist.
1: Can you dig into that
0: just
2: a little bit more? Honestly, you, you started at the pacifist end of things, and for me, I was content to have my ability to go hunting and target shooting. Those are the only reasons why I had a firearms, and they were all long arms and such. It was fine for me. But then somebody said, oh, the world's going to crap. (laughs) 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 And so suddenly the inability to hold hands and sing kumbaya with each other. And so there was a threat of the world on your person or some invisible boogeyman. Well, For me, the frustrated part is I don't want to carry a firearm. And a lot of people don't realize that. It's a shock on the face. I don't like carrying a firearm. It is a pain in the neck. Mm. As well as it holds consequences I wish
1: I did not have to carry. It gives you a little bit of idea on, on that. Yeah. I guess that's, for a lot of people, that's why they would say, why, why are you carrying one for you? It's because I need to.
2: I need to. For particular purposes on my part, I have a disability, but that just draws a target on me. But for me, carrying the firearm, I carry it when I feel the need for the firearm, and I prefer to avoid it. I have a whole spew I can give you as to why not carry a firearm. And that's totally counter to what. <laughs> Many people are listening to, but most people need to go from the security end of things, personal security. Don't go to places where you think that you're going to be in trouble, where you could be under threat. Avoid the threat. It's not a loss of freedom not going there. I look at it as good common sense. Don't go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so even if, even if you have a firearm, don't go to the places you would not go to no. if you didn't have one. No. Same, yeah. Uh, you know, don't do any more to put yourself in danger
2: than you have to. A lot of people get this, I'm not going to be restricted by you know fear and, and bad guys. I'm going to walk bravely in there because I have a gun. <laughs> You're
0: basically <laughs> like, being like, that's dumb. Don't put yourself in harm's way because you have yeah. a gun. That doesn't mean that you have a license to make bad choices.
2: It, exactly it's not carte blanche
1: to be stupid mm-hmm. right so i guess what are the risks in having a firearm just real i know you say you had a spew but you know if you can just list some the
2: yeah. risk uh, here's how i see it everything has a consequence that's what comes with freedom freedom has consequences you're free to do whatever you want but there's a consequence mm. freedom is not free so okay yeah so when i carry knowing that i have the power of life and death that's heavy like i mean because it's personal
0: responsibility that you're taking that onto yourself versus if you didn't carry you wouldn't be taking that responsibility
2: exactly i see and what is your what is your risk tolerance Okay, from a financial mentality, using that term and transferring it over to carrying a firearm, what is your risk tolerance? I'll paraphrase Clint Eastwood coming from the movie Unforgiven. The thing about killing a man, you take away everything he has and everything he will have. That's pretty heavy. That brings it home. So you have to ask yourself, what is your risk tolerance? And then knowing that, knowing what the consequences are, you're taking a personal life. You're not going to go out there to shoot the wound, okay? Because if you're shooting the wound, then you most likely, you're going to wind up dead because person's threatening your life or they're not.
1: Right. It's not something to just use as a <laughs> short-term, you know, hey, just do what I want. It's not a, it's not a thing to just pull out for any reason. It's...
2: And a lot of people get this idea. Yeah, if I just show them my gun and pull their jacket away or whatever, that right there lands you in jail.
1: That's a, a version of assault. It is actually, yeah. Wow. I don't. Yeah, I don't think many people know that. It's that just fl- if you flash your gun and the person was not attacking you, it, it is. It'll put you in jail. In most states. Wow. I was like, not like,
2: aware of that. Oh yeah. That's as good as wielding a knife or a gun. It's the threat you're threatening them.
1: And I know the question that will come up is, what about open carry? It is if you make a threatening movement with it, if you pull it out of the
2: holster slightly, just put just put your hand on it. Right. That alone
1: is enough to insinuate. It's a crime called brandishing. You can lose your license and all your guns. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, and. Some cases it is a may vary state to state, but let's go err on the side of caution. Let's not let's not do this. <laughs> don't okay. do that. Yeah, a gun cannot replace what you're lacking. And one of the things that I stress with people, you got to reflect within yourself. This whole thing of buying a gun isn't just going out getting a permit, getting a gun, and practicing, it's you gotta think beyond reverse engineer the situation.
0: So I wanna ask you, you just said like it can't fulfill what you're lacking. What do you see people buying guns for in replace of something that
2: they're lacking? Well some people use it to replace some part of their self-esteem. Ah. I'm old. Okay, I'm an old guy. Back in my day, a man measured his manhood by the size of his pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you take that mentality and transfer it over into firearms ownership. And there are people that are in that mindset. I have the latest 357 Magnum, the most powerful (laughs) handgun in the world. And if you're a handgun historian, you'll know that after the Clint Eastwood Dirty Harry movies came out, the sale of 357 Magnums went so high that they couldn't keep up with production. Okay. (laughs) So that being said, you need to look and settle the issues within yourself before you pick up the gun. The reason being is the power and and the confidence that you feel when you hold a gun and you carry it is not real. Mm. It's a manufactured idea in your head. So if you're buying it because you feel makes you look cool, makes you feel good, don't. So I
0: I just want to say, like, this isn't even a unique concept. Like, people do the same thing every day when they go and they buy a massively expensive car because they think it makes them sexy or cool. Meanwhile, they're just dropping, like, $40,000 on a car. Like, (laughs) it's like a financial practice sometimes where people do this. But in, in the case with the gun, it's even more, like, I would say because the potential for violence to occur like if you are not of sound mind and you have a gun this is just dangerous for yourself and for the people around you and in a way like a vehicle can also be a weapon it's just not always thought of in like, direct consequence of being it violent. Is like,
1: there is a responsibility just to owning a vehicle. You need to yeah. learn how to drive it. You need to drive safely. There's defensive driving. There's, yeah. And I know the car, for some reason, is the most popular comparison to a firearm. I don't know why, but it just <laughs> is, for some reason. I guess there's some similarities, but it's not perfect. But I guess... Explosions the, are happening. I guess we, we, we've gone into <laughs> the risks, the responsibilities of firearms, which... You know, for a lot of people listening to this, maybe don't own firearms or they maybe just have a shotgun. They're going, "Wow, this is kind of heavy. This, is, <laughs> You know, so then they'll look at people who have numerous amounts of firearms or they'll have different types and they'll say, like, OK, well, what advantages do those people have in having a gun in their house? What's the advantage of having a gun in your house? Advantage of
2: having a gun in your house. Only if you're talking about. Well,
1: it's clarifying for me. You're talking about for home security? Yeah, we're talking about it's, it's just in the house. There's a good number of people who are like this. They buy guns. It's for their house. They're not carrying anywhere. They're not doing any sort of rain shooting. They just, they're like, hey, I, I have a gun in the house in case I need it, right? But there's other people that will say no guns in the house ever. So why would somebody want to have a gun just in the house? It's pretty easy
2: to think about, hard to talk about. Why would you have no security? on your house. First of all, do you lock your door? Absolutely. Of course. Okay. I've got two deadbolts. (laughs) So you lock your door on your house. Why do you lock your door? To feel secure, even if you aren't, because
0: we know that you can break into a house with box cutters.
1: Part of it is just, you know, it's to frustrate somebody trying to break into my house. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, I also have a security background and one of the things that they taught us that was very callous was you want it to be somebody else. They said, that's a terrible thing to say, (laughs) but you know, you want the person to show up at your house and go, I can't do this. This is too tough. This is too much an open door. You can walk in, you can do whatever you want. It encourages petty little things that can escalate, Mm -hmm. you know,
2: the person who is going to break into your house has a reason to break into your house. Okay. People got to acknowledge that if you're going to be broken into, there's a reason for you to be broken into. Whether it's the element of random or the known of having a valuable, if you're in an illicit business, such as a drug trade, pretty soon somebody's going to invade your house for, you know, the drugs and the money. A lot of times you see home invasions are based off of drug relation, but with most people, average person, if you're in an affluent neighborhood, secured neighborhood. You really don't have a whole lot to worry about, except for when you leave Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: and your grass gets long and yeah,
1: well, you know, so those people you're saying they don't have much in their house because they have a secured house. So why don't we transition into why would somebody carry a firearm on their person?
2: On their person, beyond their home. And
1: beyond their home. We're talking okay. to the grocery store, you know, to these mundane things. Why is somebody carrying there?
2: We are all aware that there's random violence. OK. And our mental health system's basically a, a disaster. We've let people out of Prison, we let people out of mental facilities that we wouldn't really want in our face on a daily basis. I, for one, I prefer being as low key, incognito, uninviting, and I mind my own dang business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I the reason that I have. Any sort of carry for any reason is you know i i do have a wife i do have uh, younger siblings they obviously don't live with me but you know it's the fact that they're we never know where we'll encounter something and it could be one time in my life and if that one time i'm not carrying then i couldn't that that could be the, the day i lose my life because i decided you know what i don't need it because of where i'm going
2: i'll speak from a personal experience a parking space in an affluent neighborhood, I pull in. My family pulls into it. And somebody else wanted it. Obviously, this person had more money than I did because their car was worth more than two of my yearly salaries. <laughs> 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 so that being said, that person was upset. And my daughter and I were at a deli counter. And we standing there minding our own business, and from behind, the guy comes up and starts harassing us. Under his breath, more or less, but just so we could hear it. And the salesperson could not hear it. Ooh. This Over is a, spot. <laughs> a direct threat. Okay? Our backs are turned. He's within 12 to 18 inches. So we gesture to the salesperson that there's a problem. And we, the guy walks away and I said, I asked him, is he gone? Yeah. Just so you know, and I explained to the salesperson that way somebody really knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. My wife was elsewhere in the store. My daughter and I headed towards the counter to cash out with my wife and the guy said something to my wife. Oh my. My wife, who's totally unaware of having a confrontation, how to handle a street confrontation, was taken aback, turned and said, What? (laughs) It's like, like, oh, oh, dang. (laughs) Oh, dang. dang. Here we go. All right. And uh, please keep in mind, I did say I have a disability. It's a physical disability. So I'm no real threat to the person tackling or anything, getting into a fist fight with them. Not really on on the list. I'm immediately telling my wife, do not engage him. And this is something that people need to be aware of. Back away from a situation. If you can get out, it's just a moment in time that passes mm-hmm. right? it doesn't have to affect the rest of your life okay so the whole time I'm telling her to do not engage do not engage but I'm saying it loud enough that the salespeople at the cashiers are hearing it customers are hearing oh, it boy. aware that something's going on and also those cashiers were witnesses. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, oh, I can't believe he's acting. All the while, I'm also trying to find some sort of fruit or something that I can crow <laughs> at this guy. Okay. It's like, I'm not. But here's the key. I was armed. I did not think or want to go to that. I thought of it as an option if I had to. But I was away from it. There's a moment in time that will pass. But he wanted to take it further. But that, that moment could have gone a different way. Totally different way. If he got physically aggressive or was reaching for something, this whole show wouldn't be not because. Well, if
0: you thought he was going to assault your wife, that would have been a considerably
2: more. I, I pulled my wife away i physically put my hand on her, do not engage. And the whole time, I, my eyes never left her. I was going to be the focus of his anger no matter what. Wow. Because I didn't want it to be my wife. Yeah. Okay. I had a 14-year-old daughter, oh. okay, who is shaking mm. in her shoes watching this unfold. We're cashing out. He's already left, but he stops and stares at our car. He's thinking about doing something. He's thinking about He's thinking, keying your car, keying it, breaking something, smashing anger a window. Is all he had was anger. He had a problem. He really had a problem. Okay, and he had more money than anybody to have big problems. <laughs> okay, so bottom line is he followed us, and. I call the cops. He followed say, you in your be, car. He followed us. I went out. I left a different way. To see if he would follow oh us and then go gosh. back to where I knew. I knew where he belonged. He belonged going into this one neighborhood, one town. I belonged in the servants quarters. That's what <laughs> I call it. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Bottom line is we're driving down the road. He's followed us. He's following us towards our town. Once we crossed the border and called the cause. Good choice. Okay. I said we had a confrontation. He's following us. We are in fear for ourselves. Fear. Mm -hmm. He has placed Mm -hmm. us in fear. That is a measure for people. Have you been placed in fear for your life or your body? That's a good measure. If your senses tell you that, most likely they're right. They can be wrong, but err on side of caution. We get into town. I tell the cops, my headlights and flashers will be on, and he's in the X vehicle behind me. Next thing you know, they meet us at a certain intersection I pull over. He goes to go go around because the cops swarmed around three (laughs) cruisers. (laughs) And basically, he was told to go back to his town. Wow. Okay. But in the process, before the cops showed up, my daughter asked me the heartbreaking question. Daddy, do you have your gun? Oh, my gosh. So... That being said, will I carry it or won't I carry it? Depends on what I sense of the day and where I'm going. To this day, I don't carry when I go down to that store. That just happened to be the day I was carrying. But I didn't go to it. The situation could have gone to it. But you don't know. But I don't live my life in fear. Fear is not my master, whether I'm armed or not armed. Good common sense is my master.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah. No, so that's, I mean, really, I think that's what a lot of people are concerned about is they're concerned about how do I approach that one situation? Or if I got into that situation, how, and I think you've enunciated it perfectly on just how there's a good benchmark for fear, There's a good benchmark for, you know, you were looking for fruit to throw at him. You could have shot him, right? You had the ability to do it, but you were like, I'm going to chuck some fruit at him first. You were alerting the shopkeeper. You took the time to go and make sure that the situation, even though this guy was absolutely out of his mind, was getting resolved in a way that you didn't have to pull.
2: It's just a moment in time right. did you actually the, throw
1: fruit at him or- no, no <laughs> Oh,
2: okay no. <laughs> I, I, you, I, you he's know, thinking about and, it and and with my physical disability now you might have missed throw, <laughs> what i th- <laughs> i i'm <missed>. unlucky <laughs> if it got to so it doesn't matter if you feel like you're you know a weak person when you can't fight they're other options you know, than killing a person. If you can carry pepper spray, carry it. Sure. it's not. A, that's not for women. It's for, it's for men. It's for everybody. Cops carry it. Yeah, it's, <laughs>
1: it's a, although they do come in pink sometimes. That's, that's well. Like, that's a. That's a yeah. You can get the keyring um, version. Yeah, the keyring or, or the arm strat. or
2: whatever. My recommendation: if you're going to buy pepper spray, don't buy the black pepper spray. Because my rule is the first person to die when the cop shows up is the guy with a gun. And if you're holding up a can of black pepper spray, you know, black can, that's <laughs> that's just like, here, shoot me. Because <laughs> it looks so like a gun? By the, the pink, honestly, the pink, some of them come in, like, look like lipstick, okay, or some mm-hmm. sort of cosmetic. The black one... If you have to, if that's all that's available, buy it. Better to be armed with that than not armed with anything. Learn how. Even guys, guys, we, we get this idea that we're tough. We need the biggest, baddest. We're the biggest, here. baddest. You know, we're the hottest thing to come down the pipe. Okay, so in all honesty, use your head. You don't have to shoot anybody. You don't have to stab anyone. Your keys you hold your keys right between your fingers, you can slash somebody. You give them every reason to get away from you. The best gun you can have is the one that keeps your enemy away from you. Same thing goes. If you're not armed with a gun, have something that keeps your enemy away from you. There's so many things you can do before you draw a gun, but sometimes you get to that point you have no choice, and you draw with the gun. But right. if you're going to draw it, be prepared to use it.
1: Yeah, there's no reason to pull it if you're not going to use it. There's a reason that people will carry with the gun. have already, because the only reason you have it out is because you're pulling the trigger.
2: One of my mentors over the years, he said to me, and this was in the security industry, he has his gun on his belt. He goes, it's a decoration. That's all it is. It's a decoration I put on each day, but I'll tell you this: I'm going to go home the same way I came in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's my plan too. I think that's what a lot of people want. That's why they have. I mean, you're seeing the gun sales just just last year alone. The new first-time buyers—they're seeing the violence. They're seeing what's going on. I guess the number was eight million mm-hmm. new registered firearms. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah and I... We just. Uh, We're on pace again for this year. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I mean, I told my wife last year, I told her like, hey, if I see any violence happening out at these all these shops that are less than like a road away from our house, I'm buying a gun the next day. Like, no questions. I'll get a safe and I'll get a pistol and we're putting it in there. And I've had gun training, but, you know, can always get more training and, you know, not take that chance because the the question is, is it going to go from the city all the way down to 45 minutes away from the city, or is it not?
2: I don't know. I've dealt with a lot of this. And most recently too. First of all, the first thing I want you to do, if you are going to buy a firearm and you already have your permit, you've gone through your training. First thing I want you to buy is the means to secure it before you even bring it in your home. Mm Mm-hmm have a safe proper safe and the rule of thumb is out of sight out of mind yep. but nearby now regards to trouble working its way out of the inner city and coming 45 minutes, a friend of mine living out in the country for real I was on the phone with him about three months ago and it was during one of the protests that in a certain city and a certain state and he lives out in the country and he hears a, sh- a couple shots at night while he's in bed. He's out in the country, most likely mm-hmm. somebody's shooting at a coyote. Okay. Coyote. Mm-hmm. And that's most likely that are somebody trying out their night visions. Goat, <laughs> okay. For people to come out of their way, 45 minutes out into the countryside, they have to have a target and a reason and know the area and know who has what.
0: I mean, I'm in a suburbia kind of situation. So there's like a lot of shops and a lot of people who live out here. It seems like you drive five minutes and you find another mini
2: city, essentially. You can do that in this this state that he was in you can go 20 minutes in any direction and come in contact with another little mini city Mm -hmm. okay or smaller town but he hopped out of his bed that night pulled up his rifle slapped a mag in it because they said they may they supposedly might try to work their way out into the suburbs and in the countryside. Mm -hmm. So he was going out to take a look. I'm cringing the entire time he's telling me this because I still have to have to talk to him. Like I'm talking to you. They have to have a reason because all the TV cameras are in the city. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They can demonstrate in riot, All they want
1: in front of a camera, okay?
2: Where it's happening. They aren't going out of their way, (laughs) right?
1: But yeah, I I think we've really covered just why people want or need or why they would want to possess the means to defend themselves, whether at home or out. You know, you've talked at length about these situations that you can find yourselves in. And then I think what happens is I know when I'm talking with my friends, with other people, they'll often acknowledge this, right? They'll say. No, I totally get it. You you need to defend yourself. That's cool. But then the next thing they'll start talking about is what restrictions should be placed, or they'll say, you know, I think guns are great, but I think some guns should be banned. They they have all these different opinions on restrictions. One of the things that I have found is that for a lot of these people, they just don't know. So what? Some of the things I want to ask you are questions that I've commonly come across from parents, from friends, from People in online forums, (laughs) you know, other gun owners as well, that, you know, you can maybe just help give some answers to so that if anybody who's listening can just say, oh, you know, I was wondering that myself. And we can go away a little bit more educated. So one of the ones that I get from most from parents is that they're afraid their kids are going to shoot themselves. You know, Is there any way that they can own a gun? Yes,
2: they can own a gun. And as I said before, before you buy the gun and bring it into your home, have the means to secure it and decide where the best place for it to both serve as self-defense and not be a threat for your child to get in. Out of sight, out of mind, it should be under some sort of lock, whether it's a key lock or digital or such, you can do that. You gotta trust yourself to use good sense. Now, I'm gonna make this a very relevant example. And just about every house in America and around the world—I don't care if you're in a hut living somewhere—you have knives. You have knives where you can use them for cutting your food, cutting up your salad. You have a rack of different knives and they're out on the counter. But if you have a small child around, what have you done to secure that from the child? And it's a very valid point. You shove it further back on the counter. You don't provide a step stool for the kid to climb up to the counter. The kid can stay down there with his hands (laughs) unable to reach anything. That's fine. That's That's good sense. It's the same kind of mentality that you have with a firearm. If he can't see him, he can't reach for him. he isn't going to go after him. If you need to, lock the cutlery up in a drawer. Right.
1: Yeah, you know, we, we child-proof our homes. Right. So basically you would view it as almost like, you know, my steak knives are far back on a the counter. <laughs> they're, they're in a holder, <laughs> you yeah, know, it, and they're... They're not reachable by my (laughs) two-year-old.
2: Exactly. And then I noticed that you had a question on the sheet before me. What kind of gun? How many guns do I need to have? And the perfect response is, how many knives do you have for cutlery for cooking? There's different ones. The paring knife, the chef's knife, this knife, that knife. There's a specific tool For each job, the right tool for the right job. And with that in mind, pick which tool that you can handle and that you're willing
1: to practice
2: with on a regular basis. If you can afford the
1: ammunition for it, (laughs) which right now, no one can afford any ammunition whatsoever. I was
0: just going to say, if you can find the ammunition for it.
1: Right.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Always remember, along with the privilege comes the responsibility. Owning a firearm is a privilege guaranteed you by the Second Amendment, but even more so the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and the defense of that. But when you look for what kind of firearm you need in your home, which one can you handle? I don't recommend... Pulling out a 357 Magnum and expecting to get more than one shot off because getting back down from the recoil, recoil being the jerk back motion, to take a second shot is far more difficult than if you were using a 380 yep. ACP automatic Colt pistol. It's a re- semi automatic.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not all large bangs with large bullets and huge guns. There, and are that's bad movies.
2: guys are never guaranteed to go down. No,
1: they're <laughs> not. you you will actually need to hit a lot of people more than once. A lot of people don't understand that adrenaline. Anybody on drugs, mm-hmm. anything like that, it's they're not going to go down right away. So, like it's, yeah. you know,
2: as old as I am, I saw the TV news where a guy who was high on PCP. Rip a door car off no oh, i didn't off. see that yeah. but the cops had to put i
1: think at least three four rounds Oof. into him to put him down and they're probably carrying 45s which is a heavy bullet that's going to hit really hard back then
2: yeah they were probably carrying 45s and it takes a lot to take someone who's on drugs to take him down because they have so much adrenaline running through their system they're not in the right minds. Their mind isn't reacting to the bullet.
1: No, it's, it's not.
2: <laughs> so, uh-huh.
1: yeah. So I, I guess the next one is, you know, we, we've talked about 45, all these different calibers. And that's something, you know, you want people to
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a, about. Re,
1: that's a later research. That's, yeah, that's part of the research that you were talking about. So th- I guess the next question that people will have that I often get is, I'll see people ask this and I'll see other people get this completely wrong. They have no idea. So what is an assault rifle?
2: An assault rifle. An assault rifle is, this is the one where I almost clap my hands. We'll pause on that. We'll come back to that because I want to answer that honestly and respectfully and not (laughs) belligerently.
1: Sure. All right. So I guess, you know, the next one we will see is, Someone will say to me, you know, my state wants to ban semi-automatic guns. You know, you'll often hear that, and then there'll be pushback on that, and then all people will say, Well, what's wrong with semi-auto? So what is a semi-auto gun?
2: A semi-automatic. It fires one round after the other without having to recock the hammer. So it sounds like just
0: holding, if you just hold it down the trigger, it'll continuous fire.
2: That's not continuous fire. That's a misnomer, and thank you for leading on that one. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) Semi-automatic and automatic fire are two different things. That's why you have semi, which is not automatic. It's just almost automatic. You have to keep pulling the trigger. Gotcha. Okay? The fully automatic, your machine gun You just pull the trigger, and it continues to fire until it runs out of ammunition. Mm. Big difference. The news media likes to present, he was firing an automatic weapon. No, he was firing a semi-automatic and kept pulling the trigger. Uh, Big difference. One has a level of intentionality, both actually have a level of intentionality from the beginning. You intend to pull the trigger each time, or you go into the situation intending to pull the trigger once and continually fire. There's that line.
1: So which guns are semi-automatic?
2: Well, your Glocks are semi-automatic. The ones that you see a lot of police shows. Yours, Sig 230s, your Beretta. 92s. They're semi You'll see them in a lot of movies. The person is going bang, 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 as opposed to bam, 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 bam. so just to be
0: clear, <laughs> you're talking about mostly like different types of pistols that might be a six shot or an eight shot, but they have to fire it six or eight times, but they can fire it as quickly as they can pull the trigger.
2: Right. It's the same thing. If you're telling only, if you're shooting a semi pistol, and it's based off of how many times you pull the trigger. The same can be said for a revolver. A revolver, you pull it as many times that there's a bullet to be fired, a shot to be fired, and it'll be done. You won't be able to shoot anymore. Semi automatic pistols are clip fed, you drop the mag or magazine fed, you drop the mag out. Put another fresh mag filled with ammo in and you release the slide and puts another round into the chamber and then you fire away again. They don't like the fact that you can change a mag so quick and so easy in semi-automatics.
1: So in terms of just automatic guns are not legal to own by the average civilian. No, no. And then of the guns that this average civilian can own, in your estimation, you know, obviously you don't need to know the exact number. How many of those various brands you were talking about earlier and everything, how many of those are semi-automatic in a percentage?
2: First of all, when you walk into any gun shop and all they're going to sell you is semi-automatic, unless through proper channels and means a fully automatic weapon has come in. And then only certain people with certain permits and meeting certain criteria of the government will be allowed to purchase that. And the mountain of paperwork and everything you have to go through just to
1: have a permit. Just for, so to have an automatic weapon, if you find somebody with one of those, he's like the only guy for miles. Yeah. And he can, it's the only guy who's got the money. Them to put out for it
2: okay <laughs> you really have to be in the enthusiast recreating battle scenes and part of clubs in order to really justify having that
1: so it, you know you walk into that gun store you were talking about you know there's a hundred different guns on the wall you're looking around going well, okay what i want a semi-automatic how many of those hundred guns are semi-automatic they're all different
2: Hundred guns that are up there. Yeah,
1: how many of them would be semi-auto?
2: Percentage-wise, I would say two-thirds
1: would two-thirds. be semi-auto.
2: Yeah, it's,
1: so it's the majority are going to be semi-auto.
2: Yes. Yeah. And when I say went back to the machine gun part, the recreation of battle scenes is not the only reason why somebody may be wanting to have a machine gun and not be the, the sole requirement. Okay. There's other reasons for legitimate, non-threatening reasons. They may be historical. It may be museums. The person may be a law enforcement. There are collector ones
1: that you can get, yeah. There's law enforcement. There's ex-military. They they bring their firearms with them, yeah. That are
2: fully, legitimately allowed.
1: Yeah. And so you, you had mentioned earlier about switching out magazines. And one of the things that you'll hear a lot of, it's very big right now, it's in a lot of the federal legislation that's getting passed, a lot of different state legislation, is round limits in a magazine. So what I'll usually hear, what I'll see, is somebody will say, why would you need more than 10 rounds? What, what, what would be the use of having more than 10? Multiple threat? It might not be one guy that's coming at you, is
2: what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say that... You know, you'll find yourself surrounded by two, three guys with pistols, or you're about to get beat by a bunch of people. I know that if I go down to the ground and somebody wants to start kicking me, all bets are off. (laughs) Okay, the human body, when you start kicking it, it's called being assaulted with a deadly weapon—in hyphen or whatever—shod foot, and it's it's like being hit with a ball bat. You might as well be. Okay. So you have multiple people beating on you. You may need to have to shoot. And that's close quarters battle. Okay. At that point. And you're, you're not able to get the headshot or shoot them in the chest. They're just trying to get them off of you. Okay. That's, uh, it seems a little manufactured,
1: but the reality is you get knocked to the ground. You are in serious trouble. As you said earlier, that guy, you know, he took four or five shots and even a really good marksman, he's not going to hit every single
2: shot. I reflect back to a police officer on video, actually more than once. They do a traffic stop. They've got a guy who pulls a gun out on him and he's in a shootout around the car. When you have that much adrenaline running through you, whether you're the bad guy or the good guy, you've got adrenaline. Your accuracy goes lousy. Shots go flying all around. So you're going to need more than one. And if the guy is a better shot than you, you got problems.
1: And if he has 17 rounds and you have 10, he has the advantage just naturally.
2: He has. And I tell people, if you can hold your stuff together for five seconds and put off one, two, and if you're fortunate enough, three Solid shots, center mass, you're going to come out of it most likely alive, but you have to hold it together for five seconds.
1: And then we've also talked about a lot of pistols today, but there's also the whole rifle. You know, people say, yeah, pistols are fine, but uh, why would someone need to shoot 300 yards besides hunting? You know, why would somebody want to have an AR or an MCX or a Mini-14? Why would somebody want to have one of those rifles that shoot two, three hundred yards?
2: For one, if you're a
1: target shooter,
2: you're going to want to be able to shoot that far. Why? Because you're a target shooter. (laughs) Okay. Your purposes for shooting that far can be legitimate for hunting and nefarious if you're looking to shoot a person. If your job is to protect people, being able to shoot that far and maintain
1: those skills you will need to have a long-range firearm. Because a pistol's not... A lot of people will think that pistols will shoot 50, 100 yards. Yeah. I'll get that from people. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Well, in the truth be
2: known, you put them... And the term is, you put a monkey in front of a typewriter, and eventually it'll type Shakespeare, okay, if you set it in one. I've sat at the range with a thirty-eight Special snub-nosed revolver and firing out 100 yards. It took me at least 15 to hit the target <laughs> at 100 yards. So The
1: firearm wasn't made. And, and that's less than a football field, so you, you may encounter something
2: there. <laughs> it, 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 at that range, a pistol is mostly and I'm using lingo and I swore I wouldn't use that today. <laughs> but you're using what's called suppressive fire and you're preventing the person from firing back at 100 yards, that's all pistols is going to be really effective for in the average user's hands.
1: So a rifle at the, so if you're talking about 50 yards and you're using a pistol, a pistol, you'd just be lobbing rounds at somebody and you'd be missing. So you're putting other people in danger behind them.
2: About 50 yards you can hit, okay? But your propensity for error it's increases. Nobody has a right to put, around into somebody else if it's
1: not safe to shoot move <laughs> right. but you know you you, we, you know there's there's situations that do come up with certain people i know yeah. i remember there was a story of a woman who used her she was pregnant she used her ar-15 to shoot two guys who were beating up her husband in her house wow. you know, she just because they she had the the rifle there yeah, yeah. and one, of the, one of the things that she did the was there was somebody who was in the yard so she shot the guy in the yard and this was in a suburban area the guy was armed. He was armed in her yard. So okay. she shot him in the yard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he That's was, a, you know, and so a pistol at you know, 50 yards at is, fi- is somewhat effective. Right. It's somewhat effective. So the, she actually had a good use for that. So mm-hmm. for me, I personally
2: own a hunting rifle. It's good for 600 yards. I have I shot it at 600? Have I had the opportunity? I will try <laughs> why because i like long-range shooting a lot of animals you can't get close enough to them unless you have the perfect conditions wind blowing a certain way Sense and everything, right. like that. everything you see on tv with a guy and a bow up close that
1: is not normal <laughs> so you would definitely recommend that for a lot of people who they might be thinking you know what most of my information comes from watching a television show they should actually go and try these things for themselves it's not like a i want people to understand
2: firing a firearm is not like a video game i've introduced people to shooting who played video games played combat games and their jaws hit the ground they suddenly realize they can't shoot
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, once they turned off the aimbot, it it, it a whole different thing there. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, you watch
0: guns through are that. not weightless as it turns out.
1: No, and it's... some of the rounds that you would shoot in a 30 odd six, 30 you know, odd six, it's they'll put you on your butt. Yeah, if you're not <laughs> careful, you know. Uh, but I think, and if you're not standing correctly, if
0: you're not holding it correctly, if the gun isn't in the right place, you know,
2: yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You can get a bad case of bruised shoulders, dislocated if you don't really pay attention. You have to experience shooting in order to understand it. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to subject it to your logic, but it's not true until you've done it, Hmm. okay, to understand the equation.
1: So, yeah, I think we could probably go all day just talking about all the different things that <laughs> you would need a firearm oh, yeah. for. Let's we get us back on. You know, you uh, uh, can One of go. my favorite things is stay focused, stay on task. Yeah, but, you, we know, we, done we, that. you know, we try <laughs> to get everything done in an hour because we want people to actually, you yeah. know, listen to everything. So I think what we want to just kind of have a wrap up here. And I think the three questions that we had, you know, you talked about how you've, you've introduced others to the ownership. You've talked to people who they don't want to own. So I think that I got three questions, you know, I'll I'll just go give them to you one at a time. You know, just give me what, what you would say to these categories of people. If you do own a gun, if someone owns a gun in the audience, what should you be teaching others about gun ownership? Lead by example,
2: show them how to properly handle a firearm, and most of all, teach them what it takes in how to think about a firearm. Don't be belligerent. I don't care if you're an adamant, politically oriented person, an adamant, second minute person. If you're gung-ho, calm down people. (laughs) Teach people a proper respect and understanding of firearm ownership. Create
1: a mature firearm owner. Yeah, And then, so obviously those people that you might be talking to, they're, they're, they might be thinking about getting one. So, you know, there, there's people who are saying, you know, I'm thinking about getting one, as you said, 8 million new owners. What should somebody be considering when they're thinking about getting a firearm?
2: Where are you going to be using it? How much you can afford? Buy the best that you can afford, but don't break the bank. Don't impoverish your family. Own enough ammunition that you can practice. I like to go at least once a month just to maintain the level I'm at and reaffirm that I'm where I need to be. If I'm not, I'll go again.
1: So somebody doesn't need to be going four or five
2: times to the range. No. 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 You create eventually the muscle memory. How much muscle memory do you need to do the job? If you're going to be a professional competition shooter, you're shooting every day and you have sponsors and somebody financing. (laughs) Somebody's (laughs) buying the ammo for you. You have Mm -hmm. the time to do it. But the average homeowner trying to defend this home or defend this person in the street doesn't have that much time Unless it's been blessed to them, okay? <laughs> Try to put 50 rounds, five zero rounds down range once a month. And that will get your muscle memory. And if you got your firearm just the way you like it, feeling comfortable in your hand, it won't be that hard to get back into that groove. The next time you go the next you, month. From time to time.
1: And then the last category, you know, they're out there. (laughs) If you don't own a gun, maybe you don't want to or you just haven't. You're you're saying, look, um, you know, I'm not going to be the gun owner of it. What should you know about gun ownership and about people who are carrying firearms? The best
2: ones have taken their time to think about what they're doing, what their need is, and what they are willing to do to protect themselves and their family. There's a fine line between right and wrong. And then there's lawyer right and law you're wrong. And if you're not lawyer right, you're wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's there is a lot of gun laws. We, we could probably do an entire show just going over all the different yeah. laws that somebody has Honestly,
2: else <laughs> I, I've looked at, at all the material here and stuff. I could go an hour here, an hour there, an hour there, and do a better, more refined job for you folks but i've tried to touch what i can for you
1: yeah so i yeah i guess just the very last question we can ask you is that, tell us something that most people would not know about like a gun law that people would not know about you know, we talked earlier about the brandishing but brandishing of a firearm that's one that most people
2: don't realize that if somebody walks up to them and they're not a police officer and they pull their coat back and show you their gun and then tell you that something of you That's against the law. You can't do that. In the state of Massachusetts, carrying a silencer on a pistol? Nah. Rifle? Nah. No. (laughs) There's certain permits and everything you can do. You go through the federal process to have a silencer. Not worth it.
1: (laughs) Not worth it. Yeah. So anyway, we just want want to thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, I think we covered a lot of things that are more helpful than just Screaming 2A or ban. It's. Um, yeah, and just leave the screamers to scream <laughs> and just walk away
2: from the troubles, folks. Out of sight, out of mind. Live peacefully with yourself and your friends and families. And don't get too rattled by the world around you.
1: Thanks for listening. And if you have a comment, question, or rant, we'd love to hear it. Email us at blue conversations at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and find our articles on Medium. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. No matter what state you're in, blue, red, or purple, there is always room at the table to discuss your views in a way that lets us all grow.